0: Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to this webinar today. I'm Francis Seeley from GlobalNet 21. And this is one of the regular webinars we do. We do them locally. We do them nationally. We do them globally as well. And we cover a wide area of issues. And today we're going to look at sustainable travel and whether that's possible. And we've got uh, Charlie Cott with us today who um, works in that area and started a company up to try and encourage sustainable travel. And we're going to ask him a number of questions about that. We know that because of COVID, travel has taken a big hit. And we know climate change could very well make travel also have a big hit. And whether the mass tourism that we've seen for the last few decades can survive Covid and climate change is a huge question. So what Charlie has to say is, I think, going to be interesting. So Charlie, thanks for joining us today and taking part in this. And can I start by asking you if you could tell us a, a little about yourself and your background?
1: Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm Charlie. I'm based in uh, South London and I'm founder of eCollective. And we're a travel um, or sustainable travel consultancies and basically what that means is we help measure and then reduce the carbon footprint of travel companies. Um, I had a background in, in finance and and travel uh, and got more and more passionate about the climate emergency and wanted to make a difference and being in the industry I could see there's just so much more to be done and that's why the business started a couple of years ago.
0: Was, it, was there ever a sort of moment when you said you know climate change is so important, I love travel but I've got to do something about it?
1: Yeah I think so, we were at one of the old companies I worked for we started asking some pretty basic questions to our suppliers on the ground about what are our travellers actually doing and what's what's actually happening as opposed to what we thought was going on and the numbers that came back were pretty startling, it wasn't actually around carbon emissions that one was particularly around plastic usage and the numbers that came out were horrifying like far more than you'd ever guessed. and it was just a kind of a just a light bulb moment to think that actually we've been patting ourselves on the back for doing these great trips but actually there's a lot more going on than we don't realize or, or, or take into account um, and that was the moment I thought actually there's, there's something we've got to do a bit more here
0: well, you may have thought you wanted to do something more, but, you know, travel has a huge carbon footprint. Did you think, this is a task, this is a huge task, how can I do it?
1: Yeah, yeah I think that every day.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's, there's different types of travel, uh, and some of them have got far easier solutions than others. I think you can pretty much bracket everything into flights, and then everything else, When it ter- in terms of those options, like flights, the kind of looking for solutions there where people want to travel long haul realistically um, and have a low carbon footprint it's very hard to come up with clever suggestions or realistic suggestions of what what you can do as a low carbon alternative Um, but all the other elements within travel such as accommodation and activities and on the ground transport have got lots of uh, good options so there's, there's loads of calls for kind of optimism, but then also some serious um, questions that need to be answered, and I'm, I'm hoping there's far more intelligent people out there than me that can, can help solve those problems, because some days you kind of think like, oh my god, what on earth, how on earth do we solve this, and when you look at the big numbers.
0: So, I mean, when you started this, I mean, people start a business or they start a, a passion, a because because they're passionate about something. What made you passionate? Was it travel or was it sustainability?
1: Um, I think it was more travel, to be honest. Um, that, that was definitely more my background and I got a bit frustrated about how Uh, people and companies saw sustainability is always on every kind of company's agenda but quite far down the the, to-do list in terms of the priority scale Um, and I also think they used to look at it in a wrong way they kind of saw it as a bit more of a box ticking exercise we've got to tick this box and therefore there we come sustainable and I, I completely disagree with that approach for some things that kind of fall under the sustainable kind of umbrella it should be about constantly um doing better than he'd done the year before it shouldn't ever be just that box is ticked and that's the job done there's so much way we can continue to improve those kind of sustainable performances of your product, whatever that it is that your company does or, or sells um, so i thought there was a massive opportunity there to kind of hopefully change people's mindsets about how they saw sustainability it's not a case of job done or this is the minimum and you have to hit that it's a case of um, well, unfortunately what we're doing today is probably pretty average or maybe worse than average in terms of that performance um, but let's get on a plan of constantly improving that um, month and month or year on year whatever it may be for your business.
0: Well obviously you sound an optimist but uh, some people would say look you know travel is such a big problem in terms of carbon fr- footprint that, and the mass tourism that's grown up in the last few decades it's impossible mm. to you know, reform that. It's going to have a huge impact. The only thing we can do is stop it. I mean, how do you respond to that?
1: Um, I think I'll be asking what exactly parts they want to stop. Uh, So I would probably almost agree with them to some aspect when it comes to flights. Uh, The short haul flights that we're seeing at the moment where you can get from here to Spain or wherever for, for £30 is is ridiculous. Um, The the economics don't work and the kind of environmental impact that they have um, for the kind of joy that that product brings or the benefits that it may bring just don't don't make any sense in any form whatsoever and um, I think there should be some far more quicker change and harsher words said on that particular subject. Mass tourism as a whole for particular sites again I think that is completely wrong. There should be um, far more change there, um, I think there's some interesting projects going on, I, I didn't hear much about it but there's this idea of this kind of um, tourism saturation index, so how much tourism can a particular place take in terms of pure numbers uh, before actually it starts to become far more negative than, a, than the positives that the kind of local economy or the local communities may hope to, to have from tourism, um, but yeah I mean I think is is really one of the problems is the more kind of questions that you ask um, the more the more additional questions pop up and more problems and more opportunities um, that come into those kind of fair in that field and obviously not all tourism is is the same by any means like traveling to a cottage in the Cotswolds um, it's going to have a completely different f- footprint from a carnival cruise with thousands of other people around the caribbean to a, a honeymoon um, a safari in kenya to a business trip to to singapore for for two days um so i think it is it's, it's hard to kind of bracket them all up into one thing and i think for me the way to kind of get the, the way I would personally like to see change is, is focusing on those worst performers first and saying, well, how can we redesign these and and get them to a, a much more equal level in terms of the benefits they bring as opposed to the negatives.
0: Can, if, can you do that, though? I mean, someone's just put up a comment and it, it was a question I was going to ask anyhow, and that I mean, can you work with everyone? It's a big cruise company, and that's the common, which has a huge carbon footprint, cruising. Someone like Viking came to you and said, uh, you know, um, can you make us greener? Can you make us more sustainable? Do you say, yes, I can, or do you say in your business, you can't do it?
1: Um, Well, I I let the data decide on that. Um, So I would normally say everyone can do better, even the best performing lodges. Um friends and, uh, and and colleagues of mine are constantly sending me these like amazing eco lodges, saying you should work with these companies, they look amazing. And there's like a jungle retreat in the middle of Costa Rica. And and actually those are the ones I don't I don't get so excited about because they're probably doing a pretty good job already. And in terms of the the possibility for making a massive impact is a lot smaller with them. If I make a 10% improvement or 20% improvement with them, I'm not actually reducing that many um tons of, of carbon from their from their product um, whereas the worst performers there are sometimes some amazing opportunities to um have quite a massive impact and, and redefine how they work as a business cruising though is a very difficult one altogether because um i don't know i haven't had the chance to work with one in particular at the moment um, And again, you've got different types of cruises from like a small one in Galapagos or something doing an amazing sailing cruise up in the kind of fjords of Norway or something to the carnival type of cruise as well. But I think um, personally speaking, the the carnival type cruising ones, I I do worry about how big the negative impact is as opposed to the positive one. So I would be... I'd almost be kind of tempting to actually say, well, the problem there is that governments really need to start taking action and start taxing those companies accordingly. Uh, uh, and then in terms of their kind of economic use, so they actually do pay taxes as a whole and um, and also kind of start taxing the kind of environmental damage that the, their business has as well. Um,
0: I mean, someone's just said, and, and, and this relates to something, I was gonna say that lots of companies pretend that they're green. They try to advertise the travel and say that we're saving the planet, but they're not. And, and someone said, well, you know, shouldn't we have a policy of banning advertising for high carbon goods and service and flights until we make a change?
1: I would, I would um, love something like that. So that's something, that's a challenge we're trying to take on at the moment. Travel in particular loves the word sustainable, and sustainable has been so widely used and in the wrong context and in different agendas to try and make themselves seem a bit better. There's, there are so many kind of um, sustainable travel companies. A lot of them run by people with exactly the right uh, motives and stuff like that. But if you use something like the uh, the UN. Uh, sustainable development goals they've kind of defined sustainability into these 17 different areas one would be like um carbon emissions one would be like water usage one would be about plastics one's about gender equality one's about uh, local communities and 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 obviously the, the 17 different other ones um and one company might be particularly good at conservation for example and that's why they say they're a sustainable travel company because we're aligning ourselves to conservation and every tourist that we bring helps uh, save particular species because actually there's some amazing things that tourism can do with conservation in terms of bringing money to to these kind of wild habitats but actually they might be doing a terrible job in terms of their carbon emissions or or something else and and all the other things so they're using the word sustainable when actually the word itself is actually terrible and completely misused and we almost need a new word for whatever it is that we're discussing because people use it and then it kind of they're kind of using the umbrella term actually they should just be saying we're great at conservation but we haven't even started on the carbon thing yet.
0: yeah misusing the word wrong can uh, you know um completely dilute it i mean let's talk about how you try to make a change i mean you actually um you lay, lay a great emphasis don't you on uh, on data and the collection of data um uh, because you think through data you can show companies their carbon for on their many activities, and then that gives them a roadmap for change. Tell us how you do that.
1: Yeah, so calculating a carbon footprint is quite a a mathematical process. You use x quantity of fuel, whether that's petrol, electricity, or energy, or gas, or whatever it may be. and it the quantity you use and whatever fuel you're using and, and other things as well are obviously kind of come into that count. but it's all based on on numbers basically uh, and we try and get a the end result is either a carbon footprint per customer or your carbon footprint per product that you sell or some sort of metric like that uh, and we show them all the different things that go into that calculation so for example if you're taking a uh two week trip to South Africa, for example, you've got the flights, the airport transfer, the hotel on day one, the activity on day three, the meals on day four, all these different things go into the calculation to spit out the carbon footprint of that trip. Um, So in order to get a really accurate calculation, we need to gather as much information or data as we can about those processes. How long was that flight? Who was that flight with? And then where does that meal come from? What energy is that hotel using on day two? And all these different things. Um, and we use as much as we can and collect as much as we can. And then we use that information to spit out the score. And then that, that's the bit I then get excited about as well. What are these things that, that look a little bit off? What's, what seems strangely high um, in terms of that um, carbon footprint for that in particular ingredient of that holiday? um and that's the bit that we start to say well actually we can swap this hotel for this one because it's got just as good of reviews it's exactly the same price but it's got a fraction of the carbon footprint and all of these different areas we can start swapping and adapting and changing these supply chains to be to be lower carbon uh, does, that, does that kind of answer questions? So I think I waffled on a bit. There. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I guess you're talking about performance indicators. You know, you are <clears> asking customers to look at their plastic per customer, their food waste per, per customer, um, their carbon footprint per customer. Okay, you could probably do that. You can help them do that. Um, but how do you get them to make the change afterwards? I mean, you, you just tell them and leave it and then pray <laughs> or do you follow up and, and make sure that they're doing something about what you advise them to do
1: yeah we i would actually love feedback on this about what people think is is the best option so at the moment um we we do to some extent leave it, leave those numbers with them we we try and leave with an agreed action plan so you must hit a 10% or a 15% reduction year on year on your carbon footprint per product or per customer or, or whatever the right metric is for that particular business we then try and encourage them to kind of publicly state it uh, and then declare their kind of carbon footprint year on year and report on it um but we're not kind of financially allowed we actually talked to one company back in 2019 about maybe having some sort of um payment structure with us about how if we get them to reduce 20 percent we get paid x amount but if we get them to reduced by 50 percent we get paid x and y amount um, and we should have definitely have done that because i didn't see covid coming and they've absolutely everyone by default has got far better carbon footprint this year as a business as, as last year but um yeah we i'm still umming and ahhing about what how we can consistently make improvements year and year. we we'll kind of force it um but going back to, sorry i keep going on but just going back to one the, that earlier point about those worst performing ones luckily by kind of collecting that data we can very quickly see who are the worst performing ones in the industry and um
0: so do you do you name and shame
1: no no another hot topic i'm always asking people whether i should be naming and shaming or not because i've got the information to hand Uh, but at the moment i've haven't done that um well do, do you think we should be or not i'm always a bit umming and owing about oh that. you're
0: asking me a question i i i personally am against naming and shaming usually because yeah. it doesn't change a lot of people and it causes tremendous animosity and you want people to be positive and, and one of the ways you make people positive that i'm interested in is that you try to place your data collection and the behavior of the companies that you're trying to change into a, a context don't you you get them for example you the united nations sustainable development goals to do this um that's really interesting i mean how do you do that how does that work
1: uh well the the key we the most success we've had is, is keep it really really simple get everyone behind a really really simple number so going back to that same example your carbon footprint of your product whatever that may be we sell a hotel so the carbon footprint of your Room per night is this number. It's 32 kilograms per room per night. And you want your company to be part of the the kind of climate solution, not an issue in it. At the moment, every time you sell an additional room, you're increasing the carbon footprint of your business. uh, And the best thing you guys should be aiming towards is getting to a state where every time you sell an extra room, your carbon and footprint doesn't increase. So you want to get to zero kilograms per room per night. Um, And there's lots of different things you can influence that to get that number down. And and a lot of them, I mean, especially with carbon, the higher your carbon footprint is, the most likely the more you're spending on electricity, the more you're spending on gas, the more you're spending on petrol, the more you're spending on diesel. As a business, you don't want to be spending these things. So it's this perfect win-win. If you reduce your bills, you're going to most likely reduce your carbon footprint. Obviously, you can't get to a stage where you just don't have lights in your hotel, but by bringing this data to life and giving them to the people who really know their business, the, the hotel owners or the, the operations manager within the hotel, um, we can then say to them, well, actually, just to let you know, um, there's another four-star hotel next door, which has um, exactly the same price as you. The, the rooms are very, very similar. Um But they have half the carbon footprint and that's because they're spending half the amount on their bills and therefore their profit per room is going to be higher because their costs are lower as well. So this should be really high up on your agenda, not just because you should be reducing your carbon footprint, but also because why wouldn't you want to be reducing your bills? And then that's where we can start to come at them with some really clever solutions about, well, maybe there's this technology that can help reduce the amount your customers use your electricity or, or whatever
0: it may be. So so in a way, you, you're sort of convincing them, not because of, out, because of the goodness of their hearts, you're convincing them by telling them there will be a return on investment.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And we get a mixture of businesses that do that. Some, some businesses, I just know from experience, it's much easier to do that uh, from the outside. You can see these opportunities of where actually I can come in and I can tell them they can reduce their... Their footprint by 20 percent and actually that's going to be great for them because this is going to save them loads of money as well so it's quite an easy sales pitch um but we do also have some amazing people and leaders who where that kind of that argument isn't as strong um especially today hopefully it will be tomorrow um but they, but they want to do it they see it as part of their kind of moral duty um to start measuring their carbon footprint and reducing it where possible and, and tracking it and uh, doing doing what they can and to reduce it.
0: Okay. I mean, is it possible to give us say one example of a company you work with who have made a significant difference in reducing their carbon footprint, um, and briefly tell us how they might have gone about it? Um, sure. So we work with a, a, a villa company.
1: Uh, so they they sell lots of villas all around the world, um, not too dissimilar to the kind of Airbnb type model. Um, and they've got this amazing opportunity where they, um, they they don't directly own, but they can influence the behavior of, of, of thousands of people. Uh, so got, they got they work with these villa owners in, in France and Italy and Timbuktu or wherever it may be. Uh, and uh, we can, they can use their influence to start educating these owners about one, what is their carbon footprint? I'm constantly amazed about how often we still have to have that conversation uh, about just simply what what is it and what does it mean and and why they need to get it lower. Um, And then also coming to them with ideas and um, strategies about how they can reduce that carbon footprint without becoming, without it being a kind of a cost to that person, whether that means a financial cost or kind of just a pain point cost um, uh, and getting them to kind of make that change Ideally, as you said, going back to that point, because it gives this great rate uh, return of investment. But then they've also got this other thing where, where how can they influence their customers? It's like, how can they um, use their, influence their customers to start thinking about how they how they travel? How do they get to the villa? How are these things that they can do and they can change and influence them? When they're at the villa, what can they do to perhaps um, purchase local food, but not leave the windows wide open and have the air con going full blast? I mean, some of these things sound so obvious and, and ridiculously simple, but um, uh, unfortunately, I think we're still a little bit at that stage. Um,
0: what, what, about, what about supply chains? Because chains, because a lot of carbon footprint comes from the supply chains and, and, and you help them think about their supply chains and change it. And how do they know that the, the new supply chains they might have who say that they are sustainable in fact really are are they just saying it because there's a heck of a lot of checking to do in this data right all over the place and it it seems a huge job to get an answer that is authentic
1: I couldn't agree more so there's um, some businesses find that a lot easier than others so uh, it depends how good a relationship you have Um, I won't I won't name and shame them but one business um their suppliers don't like working with them but feel they have to because of the scale of their business um and they would be they'd lose money if they didn't they didn't they didn't feel they have a choice in that but they won't share any information about their supply chain in fear of giving too much information away and then being um that original company just bulldozing them over basically and, and copying their business model and doing it themselves um so that that particular situation is an absolute Oh, well, it's just really tricky. I don't know. Uh, but there's there's loads of businesses where people are much more transparent and open. Uh, and so they're very happy to share and produce their results. Uh, and as long as we kind of keep the communication about maybe not so much about finger wagging, but more about the case of if you tell us it's bad, then we've got this awesome opportunity to help you reduce it and, and find out why it's bad and see what we can do and work together a bit more as a team to kind of reduce it together. Um, And and there's also some really interesting uh, technology with blockchain about how we can start sharing data really quickly and really efficiently and highly accurate without the use of kind of human involvement and human kind of um, theories like, oh, I don't want, I might lower these numbers because I don't want to get a bad carbon score and then therefore they might not pick me as a supplier. Um, So there's a really exciting movement around blockchain and, and the increase of data and transparency around that uh, yeah. I mean, which, uh, a,
0: a lot of people are beginning to look at blockchain for all sorts of things. The problem with blockchain, though, is—and someone's put this up—and I knew they were <laughs> going to do it. Blockchain has a high carbon footprint in itself.
1: Yeah, well, they put me absolutely bound to rights there. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't deny that. Um, well, <laughs> we don't do it at the moment, but I'm, I'd love to talk to that person to learn out more about blockchain because um, the concepts is amazing in itself, in terms of this, the, especially around the data and the transparency side of it, um, obviously the fact that it's run on these kind of, I think, uh, I'm sure I'm going to be uh, told I'm wrong, but it's these servers that it kind of runs off, which are kind of constantly going at a million miles an hour um, and just using so much energy demanding in terms of keeping them going, uh, that creates that kind of carbon footprint. but. Um,
0: no, I understand that. But I mean, blockchain, I think, is, is a really, really good technology if they can get their carbon footprint sorted out there as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: you also try and get people who you work with, companies you work with, to champion um, other community groups, social enterprises that are doing sustainable and green things, don't you? I mean, not to greenwash, but, you know, to be part of that movement of creating a green future.
1: Yeah, I think um, well, the the area that I work in travel is the community is amazing as a whole. I think everyone uh, gets into travel, not necessarily for their financial return, but because of the love of the subject matter at hand. They they love the concept of seeing the world and meeting different cultures and all the kind of uh, the normal kind of classic kind of benefits that kind of travel brings. Um, and, And by fact that a travel company, if you think about... Again, a hotel on the beach, their biggest asset as a business is not necessarily the hotel. If you go onto their web page, the first picture is of the beach. That's what people are really coming to see. They're not coming to see the the full walls of the bedroom. They're coming to see this amazing beach that you may sell. And that as a business, I want to try and get them to start thinking about my biggest asset as a business. is not necessarily this this building with the infinity pool. It's the beach. That's the reason why they're coming. So this is what we got to really... um, start thinking about um a bit more kind of business strategically like i've really got to start looking after this beach and it's a bit more uh, of a community type thing because there might be other hotels on the beach together and that's where you've got to start thinking as a group well actually all of us along this beach we all survive um because of this natural asset just on our doorstep and we've all got to collectively work together if one person is chucking rubbish straight into the ocean uh, it's going to affect everyone on that on that on that strip um
0: in in what you do um charlie i mean how do you measure measure your success i mean for example how large are the savings in the percentage sense that you can get companies to save on emissions
1: well when i started that i wanted it to be uh, set myself a kind of a yearly target of we are going to reduce uh, x amount of emissions uh, from kind of business as usual so as of today this hotel has a carbon footprint of x kilograms per room per night uh, and I want to reduce it by 50% which means I've reduced it by whatever 10 kilograms per room per night and over the course of the year that means I've made a reduction of x. Um, Unfortunately I kind of jumped the gun a little bit there and um, was a bit naive I think looking back on about how Little people knew about that first question, what is their kind of carbon footprint per room per night in the first place? Uh, so my main aim at the moment is to try and get as many businesses as I can to start uh, accurately and honestly and transparently uh, measuring the carbon footprint of their business and their products. Uh, so that's what I'm really focusing on. And then from there, um Using that information, that data, start really just driving change and start almost. I'd love to get it to a stage where it's almost competitive between businesses, where they're like saying, Well, it's almost like a, a, a point where if you go to kind of um, TripAdvisor, that's like a bad example because they're not the greatest. Uh, well, I mean, let's just say you go onto Google and you're comparing a few different companies uh, or hotels for your next holiday. I'd love it to be a really clear and transparent way of kind of determining the kind of carbon footprint of that holiday in a very clear and easy to understand way a bit like when you're comparing I mean unfortunately I don't think people do this but if you go to kind of um, a supermarket and look at the chocolate bars all of them should have the the calories listed on the label somewhere it might not be front and centre but it should be on there and that's the stage I would really like to get to with kind of any product in the world not just travel but having that kind of carbon footprint of that product on there somewhere.
0: Okay, I mean, I think quite a lot of people would be quite supportive of you in that that sort of suggestion. Um, I, I mean, you're an optimist, as I said, so looking forward in the travel business and given COVID, given climate change, given all the problems we're facing, how do you see the future of travel? Do you see mass tourism coming back and people ignoring the problems? Or do you see what you do as part of the future? (laughs) But <laughs> I well,
1: obviously, see what I do as part of the future, <laughs> Australia's these stuff, right? But, um, I mean, a, a bit of both. I mean, I do worry that um, if one day um, every, everything's kind of vaccinated and they kind of switch on the tap again and everything just kind of goes back to normal. Because, unfortunately, I mean, there's some... Everyone has been hugely affected by this, but some countries are so reliant on tourism. Um, if you think I heard a number, I don't know if it's true or not, but like Bali, 80% of the economy is based off of tourism, and they've obviously just had no tourism for however many months and almost a year. Um, so I do I do worry about that, but having said that, and again, slightly worried, it's just the kind of community I surround myself with, but there's been so much positive work done in the last year about, well, actually, we can't travel at the moment, what can we do? And everyone's kind of... Um, of grab their pencils and their calculators and their spreadsheets and their inboxes to see well actually how can we how can we redesign travel a a little bit to kind of come back better Um, and and start to kind of redesign it so that um, whenever we can travel again we are doing it in a slightly better and a bit more um, well-rounded way that it's not just this kind of highly consumable thing like I'm going to go and get an Instagram picture of the Eiffel Tower at the weekend and come back or wherever it may be but it's slightly slightly a bit more um, uh, I don't know I'm not very good with words unfortunately but this kind of um, slightly more balanced approach to travel that it is a luxury that really um, we should take we shouldn't take for granted um, and we should be more careful about where we choose to travel to and how we travel there and what we do when we get there and where we buy that thing and, and who we interact with and the negative impacts that we can have as as travelers uh and also but but not ignoring the benefits that we can bring as travelers as well because kind of, tourism is one of the greatest kind of re- re- redistributions of wealth um across the world um and so it's trying to trying to come up with a slightly more measured and balanced approach i think to tourism. because um, i'm i'm optimistic oh. but i think um there's lots of what to be done
0: yeah okay so you know, if someone wants to know more about you, your work, and uh, what you do, how would they make contact with you? Uh,
1: well, the best best way is to, is to go onto our website, which is um, ecollectivetravel.com, uh, and, and get in touch through there, um, or, or my email address is simply charlie at ecollectivetravel.com. I'm always happy for, for questions, and especially kind of advice about what we can be doing better, uh, and certainly if anyone else would like some help about what they what they do in terms of measuring their footprint, always happy to help.
0: Okay, well, thank you for doing that. Um, uh, you know, I think lots of people will find it interesting, and, and in a way you're sort of like Dan, Daniel in sort of the lion's den, or or against Goliath, you're fighting against big companies, you're doing an amazing job trying to do that. Um, so, you know, I think people will be very supportive of that, and they'll be interested in, in what you, what you have to say. And I know there are people who have been on here on chat today who would like to get in touch with you. And um, that I think uh, we, we, we should do because I think carrying on this conversation is important. So thank you for doing it. And thank you for the work you're doing because clearly you're passionate about sustainability. You love the idea of travel. And, and what you said at the end is, you know, that travel is one of the biggest redistributions of wealth is a really important point. And, you know, without it, some countries will suffer. So how do we make it sustainable is a real critical question. So, you know, thank you for joining us and doing this. And uh, we'll end this interview now.